You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 96. I'm Rashan, a.k.a. Roro, and I'm joined today by Dan, the Halo Man, Daniel Prendel, and the host of Large Popcorn, Christian. How are you fellas doing today? Fantastic. Very good. Excellent. I've missed you folks. Yes. Yes. I'm glad to be to be back and not at work (laughs) and just, you know, sitting in a nice comfy gaming chair, you know? Yes. Ready to talk about some video games. Very excited. I forgot what you look like, Roro. I forgot what I look like too. He's got (laughs) the haircut now. Yes. Yes. I think Daniel, you got a haircut too. I did, yes, yes. Mine doesn't look as good though. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but big thank you to everyone listening and watching live. We record every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and on Twitch. Just search up Podcast PXN and you shall find us. The topic of the show today is the Steam Deck and every and all of our thoughts about it, every the little tidbits that came out about it as well. Very excited to talk about that. But before we get there, we always start off with the PXN News of the Week. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first story today is actually a pretty interesting one, considering that we talked about, I think we talked about FIFA just last week, yeah. like the EA one. And now Pez is out here showing us exactly what Sean keeps telling us, that Pez is the superior <laughs> the superior uh, yeah. football game, and it seems to be true. Pez has been renamed eFootball, but that's not the amazing part. It's actually going fully free-to-play and doing sort of a, a battle pass uh, season format for the game. So speaking to IGN, series producer Siatoro Kumura explained that eFootball is aiming to take a platform approach with regular updates. There will be no lo- they will no longer be an annual paid releases of eFootball, but the platform will get free yearly updates uh, for new seasons. So instead of getting PES 2022, you just get the free-to-play platform and then you get, you know, character or get players i guess i don't even know how fifa works i get you get balls i don't know what 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 kind of <laughs> uh, teams me. i guess like pardon what were you saying christian you're, you're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what like i think that's the whole point though like it's it's a it it doesn't change enough to get to have like a an yearly game that you have to pay for in my opinion but as someone who doesn't know a lot about soccer clearly Christian, what do you think about this uh, this story? Dude, this is probably like one of the most exciting things I've seen come out of Pez in a long time. And like Sean is right. Like there's in like the e soccer community, there's like always discussions coming from like which game is better, is it Pez or is it FIFA? And like for a long time, because FIFA's got the money, right? So they they're able to get better teams, they're able to get uh, more like teams from around the world. Um, more players. I mean, most famously, Ped was able to get like Ronaldo into their game uh, from Juventus, um, which FIFA was not able to get Juventus at all, I, which means nothing, I'm sure, to a lot of people. But like, they needed to get away from like annualized releases, releases for a long time because I, I don't think they were going to win that fight, and they haven't been. So to see them switch over to a free-to-play model, uh, which is going to be interesting to see play out, I think is like so cool and i think we'll get a lot of people who are burnt out on fifa now into pez's door especially considering since uh, the new fifa that's coming out i think is not just 70 dollars. i think it's a hundred dollars because of the new tech they're using in like the ps5 and the new xbox series um hardware i 
I could be wrong, but I, I saw somewhere that it might be up to hundred dollars. I'm I'm not a hundred percent on that, but yeah, I'm very excited to check this out. Daniel, how do you feel? Oh my gosh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the free to play model is interesting, like especially in the sports realm, because people have been saying this for so many years. Like, instead of giving us annual releases of Madden and FIFA and all this stuff. Like every year you're just paying $70 for basically a roster update or $60 before. And yeah, it, it, it makes more sense to be like a free to play model, but at the same time, it does worry me that they're going to microtransaction the heck out of it. Um, like for instance, FIFA has a really bad problem with uh, microtransaction transactions with the ultimate team system with buying the card packs and stuff so i do wonder what that will look like on uh this but I, i'm definitely optimistic that uh you know pes fans uh can now get this game which is essentially the same thing it's now called eFootball, but uh it's gonna bring in more people especially maybe people that have fallen off and haven't played soccer games in a really long time it'll bring more people in um, it's just a matter of how they handle all those uh, more people, I guess, uh, flocking to to this game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, like Christian said, for sure. Yeah. Do you, like, EA seems to be getting some bad press for what you said, Danny, with the microtransactions and just how FIFA and their other sports, game, sports games are iterated every year and it's not a lot is changing. Do you think that they would go free to play is seeing how people are reacting to Pez or they just don't care and they're going to keep doing their, their thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I want to say that I don't think EA cares because like, obviously Madden, they bought up that license for the NFL uh, players association association to be the exclusive home to the simulation football game, American football. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that they care about this. However, if a bunch of people switch over and start playing eFootball instead of FIFA, then maybe EA has to do something at that point and say like, hey, we got to you know make ourselves more competitive or else we're going to continue to lose people. Yeah, and who knows? The, the, uh, fans of these, you know, sports games, specifically football, um, like there's a debate whether like it's it's mostly like ball physics and and the way um, players interact with that ball. That's like the heart of contention between these two games. Um, I think uh, for the most part, people seem to enjoy FIFA's like movement mechanics a bit more than than Pez's. Um, but there are of course the diehard fans. Um, so if they, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Free motion from the new FIFA looks really cool. So, uh, but I wanted to ask if you guys are like, would be interested in trying out eFootball whenever that comes out. Is that enough to get you guys like maybe through the door? Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, being free to play, I'll definitely download it. Uh, although I say that and I literally keep telling myself I'm going to go check out the newest FIFA that's in uh, EA play right now because it's free with game pass and i'm like I, I just never end up doing it so i don't know <laughs> yeah it being it being free to play definitely interests me I, I didn't really do a very good job like showing off my soccer knowledge just now but i did play a lot of like fifa games when i was younger so i just never really played them as i got older but it being free to play definitely would be interested to to give it a shot for sure uh, but moving into our next story, Ubisoft unveils a free-to-play game called Tom Clancy's X Defiant. 
Uh, so on July 19th, Ubisoft has unveiled their next entry in the Tom Clancy universe, X Defiant, a free-to-play 6v6 shooter featuring groups from across the Tom Clancy universe. It's being developed by Ubisoft San Francisco, led by Mark Rubin, an executive producer, and as an executive producer, and Jason uh, Schroeder as a creative director. Um, yeah, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a huge, top, like the name Tom Clancy I know but I haven't read a lot of his books. I played a couple of his games, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. This doesn't look very Tom Clancy to me, and maybe it is Tom Clancy, but from what I've seen in the past, this doesn't seem very Tom Clancy to me. And I feel like they're just putting his name on everything now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do, you, the, what do you... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Have the Tom Clancy's games felt like Tom Clancy games in a while now? <laughs> maybe you know what not, I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess this is just more out there than I had noticed before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, like, Rainbow Six Siege started as probably the most Tom Clancy game we've gotten in a long time. But now it's like to the point where, like, you have so many, like, crazy characters in there now. Like, I'm not even sure that that's, like, real, like, Tom Clancy anymore. Um, so it's like, I don't know. This is This is definitely weird. And it's like, they like you said roro they kind of brand tom clancy with everything now uh and i just want to say vision felt a little tom clancy-ish oh yes you're right you're yeah. right yes and the fact that they have the freaking splinter cell characters with their <laughs> goggles on the front of this i'm like i hate you ubisoft they're doing it on purpose it, yeah <laughs> yeah um, you guys watch the gameplay for x defiant yes what what did you what do we think here it definitely it looks very like Call of Duty esque with powers is the way like I looked at it. I don't know what did you think, Christian? Uh, I I think a, a great way to put it, which I've seen everyone on Twitter kind of discussing this, yeah. it, the word is uninspired. Hmm. Like I, I it just it seemed like too much of a rip off um, for me to for me to like be invested in it. Yeah, I don't, we'll see how it plays though. I don't I'm not sure. I don't like the name either. X Defiant. But. Yeah. yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know what to, to think right now. Um there's just so many games. Like you said, uninspired. There's just so many games that for me will fill this void that it's trying to fill. Yeah. There's just so many games that I'm that I'm fine with just sticking with. I don't feel like I need to try this game because I have games like this that mm -hmm. I enjoy playing. I can't say more because this game isn't out yet, but I, I don't feel like trying this one instead of playing the games that I already am playing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what it has to offer when it comes out. I, I know this is not entirely related, but it was also uh, announced today that another free-to-play Tom Clancy game, I think it was a mobile title, though, is, is ending soon. And that's another free-to-play venture from Ubisoft. And it's like, you guys are keep keep doing this free-to-play thing. Hopefully it works for one of them, but Hyperscape it didn't work. This yeah. this uh this uh other Tom Clancy mobile game didn't work. It just came out a year ago, I think. And now we have this X Defiant game that doesn't seem very, you know, to be sparking any <laughs> shooting off any fireworks for anybody. And isn't so, there that that the division Heartland or whatever that they right, announced? Yeah. Like it's yep. like there's so many things they're announcing that are Tom Clancy like weird spin-off things and it's like what the heck's going on, Ubisoft? I think they're just trying to find something and hoping like hope it sticks. Yeah. Which which is I don't I'm not sure is what people want. 
Yeah. Right? I think every, I think everyone is like feeding for like a new like Splinter Cell game. Yes. But <laughs> why did why don't they just do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Eve Schemo, oh, well. you must listen to this podcast. <laughs> we want Splinter Cell. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, Maybe I, they are before we move on, I think Ubisoft can learn a, like a thing or two from EA, and that which is saying a lot because I know EA makes a lot of mistakes, but they do have their single player teams, right? And I can point to Respawn that I just they were able to focus on a single player Star Wars experience, and like Ubisoft can have this space where they're making their multiplayer experiences and have some single player experiences at the same time. Why not have both? You know, give us a single player game. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, Moving on to another Ubisoft story, a quick little update. Uh, Ubisoft Rainbow Six Extraction has been delayed to next year, January 2022. And uh, Riders Republic has been delayed from September 2nd to October 28th. That one I'm a little bit bummed out about. Uh, Even though we're talking about wanting a single-player game from them, Riders Republic is definitely something that I'm excited to see because, unlike X Defiant, it seems something that is inspired, different, something that we haven't really seen in the video game space often, so I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a we, we always bummed that there's a delay, but I, we always say better to be delayed than pushed out. Yes. I was I was um, bummed out at the Rainbow Six Extraction, but if if anything, you know, finish polishing up that game, and I'm sure it'll be a, a quality experience, mm. and it kind of gets it out of the way of like the bloat, which seems like it might be towards the end of the year, starting in yeah. October through December, so. Yeah, and we're we're kind of already getting a, a bunch of other games, uh, I believe this fall, that are kind of similar to um, Rainbow Six Extraction anyways. So, you know, I think Left 4, or Left 4 Dead, Back for Blood will fill that uh, gap a little bit, as well as uh, even that Aliens game, uh, Fireteam something or another. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but uh, even that will probably fill a little bit of a, you know, little hole that that rainbow six extraction is leaving fire team elite yes 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 okay yeah oh. moving on to a little bit of tv slash video game news uh the last of us hbo show is said to cost more than 10 million dollars per episode which is Absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, HBO's Last of Us TV adaptation is said to have a budget that will, quote, well exceeds the eight-figure per episode mark, likely making it, quote, the largest project shooting in Canada. Uh, they also say, I can uh, sorry, who is speaking? Uh, the Dan- Danny P- Petty, president at of IATSE 212 Artists Union. I'm not sure what that has to do with the show, but <laughs> he's part of the union. <laughs> but he has something to say. I cannot confirm the official budget numbers, but we'll say it is likely t- uh, the largest project shooting in Canada, he told us. The project will exceed eight figure per-, per episode. So there is a multiplier effect on our economy in terms of impact. There are hundreds of related businesses benefiting from the plethora of work. Well, that's great. We're going into the economy and stuff like that. But I just thought it being over $10 million is insane. And it kind of excites me for the quality of what it what the, the show will be. Right. Another little tidbit as well is that uh, the voice actor for Tommy, who is being included in the show as well, he's not Tommy because that character has already been cast, but he's going to be like a, a quarantine zone rebel, which uh, I thought it was cool that you're including those actors as well. 
even though he's not playing Tommy, which I probably would have liked more. <laughs> but I think it's really cool that there is yeah, like yeah. A, sort of like an Easter egg that he's a, you know, he's part of the game. He's also in the show. That's pretty cool, too. But uh, how how excited are you guys for this HBO Last of Us show? Has, and did that 10 million figure get you excited uh, for it anymore? I, I can start. Yeah. yeah. So the, the money in particular, like, doesn't really mean anything to me just because I, I knew it was already going to be a big project. Everything uh, that everything that came before this was already pointing to that, um, mm-hmm. especially since it was an HBO show and like they want a high quality product. I knew it was going to cost a lot of money. It's no surprise. Um, I get Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl, is like one of my favorite things HBO has ever done. Yes. So like I, I, I knew I'm getting a quality product with The Last of Us show. Something that kind of blew my mind was in that same article. Um, which you don't see happen very often, um, is that they're shooting for 12 months, which is like kind of mind-blowing. Usually shoots for like movies don't even go on that long. You know, you'll do a few weeks, maybe three months. But I mean, yeah, it's 10 episodes. But a whole year of shooting is kind of insane. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I will bet that when, we, when it's all said and done, it's way more than 10 million per episode. And that's yeah. not just including, I guess, like the production per episode, like other stuff as well. I can't wait for it. Yeah, that I mean, that's an an insane number, and like, I if that includes like post production and everything, like, uh, that must mean in my head, like, I don't, I I don't picture there being much CGI in this. Maybe maybe I'm crazy, and they will have more than I'm thinking. But I'm thinking there will be a lot of practical effects. I would think for uh, the clickers and stuff like that. Um, but. That just means like how crazy this is going to be with ten million dollars essentially all in on you know the the uh, scenery of the of the movie you know stage and scenes and all of that and you don't really have a lot of that money going to CGI and that kind of stuff so uh, yeah that sounds very <laughs> insane and I can't wait till we find out how much Halo TV series costs because I just I want something like this level like a big commitment. And like you said, Christian, it's crazy that this is happening over like 12 months. That's absolutely insane to film that long uh, of time. And w- that was similar to the Halo TV series as well. The, the director actually doesn't want to f- do any more seasons after the first season because he was away from his family filming in uh, overseas. I can't remember the country uh, off the top of my head now, but uh he's filming over he was filming overseas for like 12 months like you like you said for that series so yeah it, it is crazy uh hopefully it's gonna be good um but yeah even 2023 i'm yeah. sure yeah mm. so excited so excited for that show <laughs> uh but moving on to our next story, Nintendo says not to expect a Switch Pro. So they were on Twitter, the official uh, Nintendo Japanese account, uh, Nintendo Co. Limited, on Twitter was doing a little bit of confirmation to a Bloomberg story in terms of the Switch OLED uh, having a higher profit margin. Uh, but they also went on, went on to clarify that we just announced that the Nintendo Switch OLED model will launch in October 2021 and have no plans to launch any other model this time. So I kind of just wanted this to be kind of a conversation between us and if we think that this, that they say not at this time, but do you guys think that we will ever get a Switch Pro? Because to me, after all the rumors that came out and it them talking about the Switch Pro, those rumors were actually just 
the OLED model, and I don't know where they got the 4K and all that kind of stuff, but what they were reporting on was what got announced, and that there really is no Switch Pro in the works. But I, I want to know what you guys think, if, if, if we'll ever get a Switch Pro, or are we just going to get an OLED model and maybe something else down the line, another kind of in-between between the Switch and the Switch Lite? But do you think that there's a Switch Pro in our future before we get whatever is next from Nintendo? Uh, Daniel, what do you think? <sighs> I, I don't think we will, because at this point in the generation, like the switch came out in 2017. We're now in 2021. They're releasing this OLED model as like a refresh or whatever. Like how many more years of the switch are we going to have? Maybe three years, maybe four at most. So like, I feel like the next evolution of whatever Nintendo does, like if that's a switch Two or, you know, a completely different uh, name, but still like that handheld docking mantra uh i feel like that's going to be our next uh, big system from nintendo they could still do some other stuff like with the uh the light they could still do something um different there uh i i just don't think at this point we're going to get a a pro because of uh how they've kind of went about this kind of thing over their history they've never done like a mid-gen cycle upgrade like that they've always done like new nintendo 3ds and you know new whatever and like you know bigger screen xl and that kind of stuff um they've never really improved the internal components so uh, yeah i think it's just gonna be whatever their next console ends up being will be the next you know switch pro whatever you want to call it that was something that I hadn't thought about when the um, the news broke about the OLED models, um, and people were disappointed that we didn't get the Pro. Was that uh, there were people in the industry like pointing out that yeah, this isn't really a thing Nintendo has a history of doing, right? And so they you know showed the evidence of like Game Boy Advances, uh, the DSs, etc. And it got me thinking like yeah, I w- it, they're right. Like this wasn't something I should have been expecting at all. And honestly, I I don't know what to expect from Nintendo. Like I, the Switch so far is like super successful. I think even the OLED model, even though people were disappointed, they're still buying them, right? Yeah. So I I don't know what what's next. I I wouldn't be surprised if there is like some kind of yeah, Dan, right? Like some kind of Switch two or even just like smaller iterative thing that isn't quite the Pro, but is still very much the Switch. Um, maybe maybe better Joy Cons. I I don't know. It's, yeah. that just doesn't feel like uh, Nintendo thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as much as the only thing that I would want from a Switch is like something that makes games load faster and performance and all that kind of stuff. And I agree with both of you that I don't think that's something that they're that they have a history of doing, yeah. and that's something that they need to do because, as as Christian just said, we're still buying the OLED model despite us being like, "What the heck is this Nintendo?" We still going to buy it because it is better than what we already have. Yeah. So. People are still gonna go out and buy that, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a Switch Pro in our future either. So I agree with with the both of you as well. And that's that's like an important thing as well, Roro. You just said that uh, about like loading faster and stuff like that. Like they can't even in their current form. There's no way for them to even do that because they support uh, micro SD cards, which there's only a certain you know you can only have so fast of a micro SD card. It's not as fast as like mm-hmm. an SSD, you know, that the new Xbox Series X and PS5 have. So like they are kind of bottlenecked there with I feel like the Switch hardware um, because I mean they still have to support that I guess. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. 
I guess that that's kind of why I'm thinking that the next console would have to be whatever their next iteration is, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm curious to hear like what their intern. Sorry, go ahead, bro. I'll go for it. I'm just wondering like what the like what the mental state is of like the the internal teams at Nintendo. Like, what do they want or what do they need to keep making these games? Right, the teams at Nintendo Japan who like is making. You know, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, like, how do they feel about making a Zelda game on, like, current Switch hardware, you know? What are, what are they thinking? True. That, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I don't know why I, I never... I think of... I think like that for, like, a lot of other teams, but for Nintendo, I feel like I just don't think of, like, the, oh, there's Nintendo teams working over there. They must be feeling really... I don't know. I just think so so much differently with Nintendo side of things. But yeah, that's a that's a great point to think like how are they feeling with like the Pokemon Arceus uh, game? Like that wasn't running super great when we first saw it. Uh, Shining Di- Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl looked better the second time we saw it on the OLED screen than when we first saw it. So maybe they are, you know, doing just fine. But yeah, I'm sure they're excited to get hands on something better to, you know, make better games for us as well. I was going to say, uh-huh. yeah, I was just going to say, can you imagine us getting to the next Nintendo uh, console and Metroid Prime still hasn't come out yet or Bayonetta 3 still hasn't come out yet? And it's one of those Breath of the Wild releases where it comes out on the Switch and it also comes out on the new console. I just, I was just thinking about that just as a weird thing that might happen. Just like Twilight Princess, like how it would be yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not. I'm so ready for, for the next Prime game. I think a lot. I'm of also people, ready for the for what? I think a lot of people would be rioting if that happened. Yeah. Oh man. Internet rioting it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I I do hope that we at least in the future get some kind of uh, the Prime, the rumored like Prime trilogy remaster. Mm-hmm. I I don't even, yeah, I don't even care if there's a Switch Pro. Just release the some old games for me to be able to play on my Switch. That's what I care about more. <laughs> Another thing that they did with the SNES uh, games that they released, not only did they release some, like, I don't know what the heck these games are games, why, but Japan also got Sh- Shimagame Tensei, which is super cool, good for them, but we we obviously didn't. Um, but the the crazy thing was when they were talking about the the Metroid anniversary, and they're going like, oh, you could play this on you know on the snes the super metroid game and play the original on the nes uh and then they ended it with the the metroid fusion and it was like oh are they going to drop metroid fusion like are they teasing a game boy advance thing and that's on us i understand we shouldn't get super hyped they're just celebrating the thing but it's just so interesting like in the thread of things like you could play this you can play this too but this one no you gotta have to go on ebay pay like 500 dollars to get a copy Sorry, we're not going to make it easy for you to guys to play this game. I don't care. Just just remember us, but don't play us sort of sort of mentality, which is... God, just make it easy for us, please. Yes. The replies to that tweet were hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, come on, Nintendo, please. We just want to play your games for reasonable prices. Yes. Uh, but moving on to our next story, Netflix will add games to the service and it won't charge for them. Uh, streaming giant Netflix has confirmed in a shareholders letter that it's not only expanding into games, but won't charge users extra to play them. They say we're 
also in the early stages of further expanding into games, building our earlier efforts uh, around interactivity, example, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and our Stranger Things games, Netflix said. We view gaming as another new content category for us. Similar to our expansion into original films, animation, and unscripted TV, games will be included in members' Netflix subscription and no additional cost, similar to films and series. Initially, we'll be primarily focused on games for mobile devices. Um, so I was super excited until the mobile games <laughs> thing was there. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'm pretty much the same level of excitement throughout the whole thing. Um, I don't know if Netflix will be my first place to go, but as we talked about before, I'm definitely interested to see what they can bring it to the space as they did such a great job with movies. I'm sure they could do a great job with games. I'm just interested to see what that may look like. But what do you guys think about this story? I know we've talked about it before, but it being free or part of the, the uh, subscription, uh, I think that's a really good really good deal uh christian what do you what do you think about this deal i was actually just talking about this today with emmett watkins jr on on my podcast and we got a little bit into it because we were talking about bandersnatch and then the um the bear grills kids tv show where you could do choices and uh, granted the conversation we were having was more like how do we turn video game like get games you want to see as movies and the an- his answer was like a, a life is strange with like a greta gerwig directed you know You'd see that maybe on, on like a, a Netflix type deal, uh, and so that kind of got us into the conversation of Netflix's like video games. And I don't know. I think I think it's like the possibilities are there to do something cool, especially if they get like some kind of collaboration with maybe some film directors to do something. Um, of course, you want some some video game directors in there as well. But it's all going to depend on how serious they are about the market, and not just like hopefully it's not just like a cash grabby thing. Because that seemed to be like the case for other studios trying to get into the video game space. It just hasn't worked out for a lot of people. Um, Netflix does have the money to try and do something cool, and I, I I really hope it pays out for them, even if it is on some kind of mobile device. Like I'm I'm happy to give them a try if they are serious about it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Uh, like you initially said this, Roro, and you backtracked a little bit, but I I was very much this way where I was like, all right, this sounds interesting until the mobile games, and I was like, all right, well, I don't really care. I literally could care less about mobile games. Uh, so, but it is an interesting at least start for them into game streaming, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they progress that moving forward. And uh, I think you had another article below this railroad that I'm sure we'll dive into next year. But uh, I think the more exciting thing is, is like what this can evolve into and like expand to, because like, does this mean we could get, you know, services on Netflix or do, do developers have to make specifically for Netflix game streaming? So, like, could xCloud go to Netflix? Could we get uh, Stadia on wow. Netflix? Probably not, but uh, it's just something I'm kind of thinking of out loud. But uh, it does open the door for other people, like maybe PlayStation. Yes. Speaking of PlayStation, a, a data miner found some interesting pictures and files hinting that PlayStation may be partnering with Netflix to bring their games to the platform in some shape or form. Uh, it suggests that there is a gaming section on Netflix uh, that will be currently called, currently under the codename Shark, and the placement of the PlayStation IP uh, 
will be there's going to be PlayStation games in this section. Like there was a Ghost of Tsushima image found, uh, some Dual Sense controllers also found in this data mine. Um, I, I think that'll be very interesting. Could be the answer to like X, PlayStation's answer to Game Pass is just like get the Netflix subscription, you get Ghost of Tsushima or whatever else they decide to put on there. But I, it's just. It's just hard for me to believe that Sony would do this, but mm. at the same time, this is definitely an interesting, uh, interesting find. Uh, Daniel, what, what did you think about this partnership, and do you think it, it, it is or it could happen? I definitely, yeah, I definitely think it could happen, and it seems like it would make sense because obviously Sony's still trying to get people interested in their cloud service. Obviously, PlayStation Now is kind of a half step to that. They haven't really. Uh, evolved it to where PlayStation Now is available at all, all these places and, and have all these games included. But uh, I do think that it, this will allow PlayStation to expand who is getting their games, and that's a good thing for PlayStation because then maybe it'll bring in new fans to come buy their PlayStation 5 console uh, if they want to you know, get more invested in it or just pay the subscription to, to play these games. And I think... So the Netflix announcement that the price will not change with these mobile game editions, I don't think that's going to be the case if this PlayStation thing comes true. I think they, in my eyes, I think they're going to do something like an add-on for gaming specifically that is going to say, hey, do you want to play PlayStation games add-on for this much, you know, a month to your Netflix subscription? Uh, Because... Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense for Sony to to bring this to them for no extra charge, essentially. I'm, as you're talking, I'm still having such a hard time getting my mind around this idea. I, I, I'm not sure how much the average Netflix user is interested in playing PlayStation games. Like, I want to see what that uh, Venn diagram actually looks like. But I'm, I'm even more curious as to see, like, how would you play these games? Because if it is like on on bundling with like Netflix, I don't I don't know how you would have access to them. How would how would you pair a controller? What kind of controller do they want? Like this PlayStation want their Dual Sense ecosystem on the TV? Like how does how is that going to work? I have so many questions that I I need answers to like immediately that I won't get. And, the, and that's a fair question because not every device that someone watches Netflix on has Bluetooth uh, that the DualShock uses or DualSense uses. So, yeah, it's a great point. Like, what are you going to do if someone's using their TV and it doesn't have that connectivity there? Yeah, a lot of questions need to be answered, and I'm sure they're not answered because it was a data mine. So we'll, we'll find <laughs> out in the future if uh, if this is true at all. It's- but uh yeah, I'm definitely interested to see more. I think I'm a bit more on, on the Christian side of things where it's hard for me to imagine it right now, but I, I would love to to see something like this, this this collaboration as well. It's um, cool to see them try something, though, at least. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I'll, I, I said I'm not super excited about the mobile things, but I have a Netflix subscription, so when this comes, definitely going to see what, what's there to to try out for sure. Um, but moving on to the next story, EA Play Live is tomorrow, and we are going to, well, I'm sure, respectively, we're going to watch it or catch up on it after or whatever, but uh, they're going to be showing off Battlefield 2042, Apex Legends, Lost in a Random, and there's a potential that there may be a dead space, you know, 
they maybe they'll show it off there who knows but w- what won't be there for sure is mass effect and dragon age um you guys are you excited for the ea play tomorrow at 1 p.m eastern time and what do you what are you excited for the most and is there something that you know something that's not on this list that i or i didn't mention that you think might be there uh christian or how, how are you feeling for the ea play tomorrow the biggest thing I was excited for was the potential to see some kind of Skate 4 update, which we did get on Twitter. It wasn't as much as I would hope it would be. Um, so I'm very sad to see that it's not going to be there. Um, and that's fine. Like, let that team just work, and when it's ready to go, release it. I'm not complaining about that. Um, but that did kind of kill my, my excitement levels for EA Play just a little bit. I'm still excited to see Battlefield 2042, of course, uh, but we we all I think all knew that that was going to be at the next EA Play Live. I think we're all expecting that. Um, so the other thing I'm I'm really hoping to see, which you mentioned, was the the almost a Death Stranding. I got Death Stranding on, on my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, Dead Space, um, the the rumored remake, or I guess announced. I don't remember at this point anymore if it was rumored or announced or to to what extent it was going to be a remake. I think it was a uh, ground up remake. Yes. Um, I I really hope that's there. That would be a huge win for EA play, for, for EA in general. I, I want to see that happen, so here's hoping. Yeah, I, I'm completely on board with you, Christian. I, I want to see more Battlefield. I want to see what whatever that new mode they've been teasing, which obviously has been rumored to be the, the old uh, Battlefield maps into the Battlefield 2042 engine, which is exciting. Uh, and yes, Dead Space remake that has been heavily, heavily rumored. And oh my goodness, I want to see it. I want to. I hope it's like uh, in engine. Like, mm, goodness, I just want to see it. I want to see it. I want to play it. I want to play it. Obviously, Roro knows how excited I was when they showed off the Callisto protocol at uh, Game Awards. And so, yes, Dead Space, please. I, I'm just uh, excited for more Battlefield 2042, and uh, the Lost in Random is definitely. Int- I'm definitely interested in that to see to see more uh, of that because I was whenever they showed off earlier this year, I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. So I'm excited to see more EA original stuff. So excited that they're going to give it some time at the show tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah, Battlefield 2042 is probably my most hyped thing uh, for tomorrow. Do you guys know when the other shows are? Because I know they split up EA Play into separate streams this year. I think there's an indie one that they're supposed to be doing, but... I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um... Remember they announced it just a few, like a week or so ago, but I can't remember. It's not here in... doesn't seem to be here in the article, unfortunately. I do not know. Either way, yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to be watching. I'm curious to see how, how that's all going to play out. Um, but moving on to a story that I, I literally just added because I'm super excited for this game, <laughs> and I'm happy that it got a release date finally. Road 96 got a release date trailer. Uh, it's that game where you go on a road trip, obviously, and it is procedurally generated. There's tons of different uh, paths that you can choose, stories to uh, to find, and just looks like lots of fun, lots of fun. And you get to play apparently Connect Four with the cute girl in the back of a taxi. Mm. Sign me up, sign me up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's just like a page out of my journal, honestly. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. It comes out August 16th. And I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at the, the, the trailer, but I wasn't expecting it to come out like next month. I was expecting this to be one of those games that gets delayed and delayed and delayed, but I'm very excited that it's, you know, it's next month. So yeah, Dude. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about it. Uh, I put it on other people's radars if they're excited, but Christian, yeah. I was so happy you included this because I had no idea when this game was really, I knew it was 2021. <laughs> I didn't know when, like I was, I wouldn't be surprised if it was going to be like a, like a late, like November game. So to see it come out so soon, like I got to get on my back. Well, like, I'm still playing. Oh, well, we'll get to playing in a little bit, but yeah, I can't okay. wait for road 96. Yes. Honestly, like, and like the art style is super cool in this game. And like, I feel like this game is like what, uh, uh, crap. What's the game? We happy few. This is what we happy few should have been like, uh, and, they kind of teased it as being initially being more of like, it, it was a procedural game, but it was more open world, like just procedural gen procedurally generated like world where it was just very dull and boring. There wasn't really a, a very big narrative, you know, push to it uh, as, as the original teasers kind of hinted at. And this game looks like more of a, you know, procedural game that has a very deep narrative run through it, which is, uh, it looks really good. And I'm, I'm definitely very excited for this and uh, I don't know how I'm going to play it. Uh, Cause I don't ever turn on my switch, but uh, oh. maybe, maybe <laughs> it's on PC, PC too. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. on PC. So yeah, it looks super cool though. Very excited. I'm actually I I didn't even notice that it's it's not coming to Xbox, and I I don't know why in my head it's like oh of course yeah but, yeah that's weird. Hopefully later on this year it'll go to more platforms for sure. Um, but moving on to our final story before we get into what we're playing, that's door. Apparently, it's really good. It's getting some really good scores on Metacritic right now. It's at 86. Um, I guess that's kind of just a, a little, you know, tidbit before we get into the games we play because I am playing Death Store. I think a couple of you guys are as well, if not a Daniel. I, I know Christian, be. I think. Yeah. I have <laughs> um, So we're, we're going to talk about that right now. Christian, what are you up to? What are you playing? I I am playing Death Store. I I would I thought it was the release date for this game was Friday. So when I was traveling back home, I saw a tweet like, "Oh, who's excited for Death Store tonight or whatever?" And I was like, "Oh my god, already!" So I, as soon as I got home, I I turned on the PC and started downloading the game, and I I played for about two hours last night. Nice. And then you're enjoying it clearly. Yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm not as in love with it as uh, other people are so far. Like. I, I'm not at the point where I'm like, I can see how this is game of the year material yet. I think 86 like sits feels right where I'm feeling about this game so far. Uh, but that said, like I, I went to bed last night and I woke up wanting to play more. So like the game is really good. And it's incredible that two people made this game. I don't know yeah. how they did that. Insane. I also yeah. want to give a quick shout out uh, to uh, Last Stop, which is another Annapurna game, which apparently came out today. That was later this week. Oh. Uh, it's on Game Pass. I added it to uh, to my Game Pass like library, and then it disappeared. And now it's not on my Microsoft yes. Store at all. So I don't know oh. what happened. But whenever I figure that out, I I will be playing Last Stop. I can't wait for it. Huh. That's one that I was excited for too. And I I've seen uh, mixed reviews for it. Like some people are like this is really good, and some people are like it's 
that's okay. But I'm gonna play it regardless. It looks something that would be up my alley for sure. Um, I didn't know it was on Game Pass, though. That's cool. Is it only Xbox Game Pass, or is it on PC as well? <laughs> I have to find that. Out. Um, it said Xbox Game Pass, but you're right. I I don't know if it clarified or not. So I'm I'll we'll do some research. Uh, okay, cloud console nope. and PC. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, I will be check that check that out as well. Um, I'm just gonna bounce off of Christian because I'm also playing Death's Door as well. So I'm just gonna give my quick thoughts about it as well. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I'm not super deep into it to say it's my game of the year either, Christian. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's like I think I'm on my. I beat the the first boss and now I'm in uh, Sumeric Manor. If you know where that is, you may be further I'd, along. Yeah, I'm like. I, Exactly where I know where you're at. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm um, being followed around by by a big uh, granny lady who I'm apparently I think I'm going to fight eventually. So that's exciting. But the world is really, really well done. Um, I love the combat. Um, I'm feeling a little bit slow, but I'm I'm hearing that you can like upgrade your character to be a bit faster. But I'm I'm really enjoying the combat a lot. Um, the dialogue's really cool. The story. Everything about it, I'm enjoying a lot. Very dungeon, Legend of Zelda dungeon. Like if the Legend of Zelda was just dungeons, this is what it would be, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm having a good time with that. Pokemon Unite came out uh, today, actually, and I have only played the tutorial, but I'm going to jump into my first match after the game. But I think it's something that I would actually be very much into. I played one game of League of Legends, but this seems like something that I would actually play more of. Um, just like how Pokemon is a lot of people's first RPG or baby's first RPG, I feel like this is a good stepping stone for anybody who's been interested in MOBAs but feels like they're kind of very daunting, like myself. I feel like this might be a very good entry point for those who are interested in the genre but are like, everybody in League kind of scares me, so I don't want to try it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing, Desidor and Pokemon Unite. Daniel, nice. what are you playing? Yes. Uh, so before I talk about what I'm playing, I did watch about 30 minutes or so earlier today uh, before I started getting things ready for the show uh, that, that I messed up before the show anyways. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was watching somebody play on Twitch and it looks very interesting. Uh, I really like the art style and the gameplay looks super cool. I think the thing that I'm going to be uh, frustrated with this, with this game, there's no map in it, which um yeah. i don't know i, I, Wait, I get talking about that store yeah is there a map okay, sorry <laughs> yeah I, I i haven't seen one no i don't oh, think no. there is oh yeah. okay 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 that was one of the things yeah, i wish i had too was like some yeah. kind of map system yes because yeah. like I, I just get really frustrated easily and like i feel like i'm gonna get lost and like i'm gonna just be like oh f this i, I don't want to play anymore because i'm lost three times over but that might be just a dumb criticism uh and i mean the combat looks interesting the world looks interesting it's just you know uh i'm not a big puzzler either so this game looks like it has quite a few puzzles in it as well from the little bit i saw uh so i might get frustrated with that i like all right this is gonna sound dumb I like puzzles <laughs> if they're like super dumbed down for me. And I know that sounds so stupid and like <laughs> pointless. Yeah. But I like easy, like dumbed down puzzles. Um, but I, I can attest to that since I'm, I think, a bit further. I'm the most furthest in, I guess, of, of us three. Yeah. Like so far, the puzzles are like 
environmental puzzles that are super simple. Okay. It's just like shoot an arrow that, uh, to get it on fire and like point it towards a place that needs fire. Okay. Or you know loop around and hit this switch. And it's it seemed to be things just like that from what I played so far. Okay. So maybe that's in your realm of puzzles that you can handle or yeah. or yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that, that that actually makes me feel better about it Christian yeah. Yeah, so yeah <laughs> I might have to I might have to dive in then um but I have also been playing more Ratchet and Clank and I got a substantial way through it now uh and I thought I honestly thought I was about to beat it, and then I was like about to be frustrated because I was like, "Man, I've only put like uh, six or so hours into it. I hope this isn't the end." And then it, it ended up not being the end, and I'm like, "Okay, good, good, more content coming." Uh, I don't want to spoil where I'm at, but I'm sure you guys have an idea by me saying that, like, where I thought it was the end, but it really wasn't the end. Uh, Ro, you you haven't played Ratchet, is that correct? Oh, not that's you. right okay Duh. okay i forgot you yeah. don't have a ps5 <laughs> sorry bro yeah it's okay <laughs> uh, yeah but someday I, someday i i still <laughs> i still really love the mechanics of that game and uh as the game goes on it gets better too the the when you upgrade your weapons and you get all these upgrades to like make your weapons so much more powerful it makes it so much more exciting because uh while it does it, it does get daunting sometimes because there's like literally 30 weapons or something like that uh it, it is really fun to kind of switch between the the weapons and get all of them leveled up so that you can get all the upgrades for them and kind of feel like a, a badass when you're you're killing everything so yeah very cool all right all right moving in to the topic of the show the steam deck which was announced uh on july 6 oh, july 15th wait sorry it's, it's the switch pro yeah. right roro yes the switch pro by <laughs> valve yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I'm going to actually read a, a, an excerpt here uh, from the IGN article, if I could find where I just was. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, God, I lost. I lost it. I lost it. Uh, okay, there we go. The Steam Deck uh, will draw immediate comparisons to the Nintendo Switch, but while it may look like a handheld console, Valve's device really does more, have more in common with a desktop gaming PC when it comes to its capabilities. The Steam Deck runs a custom version of Steam OS that gives you a console-like experience on the surface without having to worry about things like drivers or setup, but under the hood is a full-blown PC. If you want to connect a mouse, you can do it. If you want to if you want to alt-tab out of your games to the to go to a browser or a video, you could do that too. Um, um, a load third-party programs or even other game stores like Origin, Uplay, or Epic Game Store, no problem. So I thought that was really cool that it's it's pretty much a, a mini PC. Um, you're not kind of bound to like the Steam OS, even though that would would been would have been fine with me. And it's cool that mm -hmm. they went the extra mile to you know make it a, a mini PC. Um, but from the initial um, announcements, what do you guys think about the Steam Deck when you first saw it? What were your initial thoughts, Daniel? I'll start with you. Yeah, uh, initially I was I was very uh, interested in in what they're doing. Uh, I I don't know that I'll specifically uh, want to get it myself, but maybe it depends. I, right now I put a deposit down on one, but that's only because you only had to put five dollars down. And I'm like, all right, yeah. we'll see if I want to get this. But uh, 
it's definitely very interesting because obviously with the the screens only 720p so it's the same as the switch uh resolution and so with that being uh said it it makes it a lot easier for the device to run modern games so like that's that's why you're able to play like all these modern games because you're only running them at 720p and even this device has like a really cool a really good ssd in it uh if you buy the the two upgraded models if you buy the base model it's not that uh which i don't know if people know that but uh that is yeah it's very powerful this is essentially the switch pro that we were hoping and expecting from nintendo and it's like if you're if you play your switch and you're playing all these indie titles and all these other things like this is a better experience for you to just buy this and play those on there obviously you won't get nintendo's first party uh games on here but you'll get literally everything else i mean you'll get microsoft's first party you'll get all the steam games like or almost all the yeah. steam games that's a lot of stuff because <laughs> i mean yeah i mean even if microsoft i hope microsoft does a deal with valve to do game pass on steam because if they did that that would be even better because right now you have to have windows store and for you to do that on this device uh, people are saying you'll have to essentially uninstall steam os from this device and install windows instead which you can do but it's probably not the optimal way to use the the device um because it's not I feel like that would like friendly. void the warranty right yeah it probably does somewhere uh so yeah i, I think that that kind of stuff is exciting and uh yeah question how do you feel about the steam deck yeah, for the most part, I think everything about this sounds really cool, even though it's not for me. The only exception is, like, the placement of the the, the sticks and the buttons is kind of weird. But even then, from what I've heard people like who have gotten their hands on, it's, like, not that big a deal once you get adjusted. Uh, I think this thing is really cool in terms of, you know, quote-unquote, accessibility for, like, mimicking, like, mouse movements. They've got, those, they've got those mini trackpads. I mean, they've got a lot of, like, stuff you can remap buttons for for, like, any game that you need, which I think is really cool. Um, uh, it's going to be weird to see how long this battery life is, because I've heard, I've read uh, two to eight hours, which is, like, a very it's, wide gap for, yeah. for some of these yeah. games. <laughs> that said, having the Steam, your Steam library on the go, and, and not just Steam games, but, like, other, like, I know Xbox games might be on, on Steam, but PlayStation is, is going to journey into into more pc games soon so yeah i i I was just visiting my parents and i found myself wishing like man i wish i wish i kind of had a steam deck right now yeah Uh, so even though i i just tried to go on the go (laughs) no that thing needs to be a ps5 machine only for for me but uh i don't know like it's cool and i'm very happy for the people that are going to be able to play these games on the go if i was someone who was doing a lot of traveling particularly in the games industry as well I would probably need one of these for sure. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't hear that two to eight hours. That's very different. Like <laughs> two hours to eight hours. That's very di- like because if you get two hours of battery life, that's not even, you know, that's almost verging on not even being a, a mobile device at that point because you're going to be tethered to power a lot of the time. I don't know. Right, but like I, I can see it being like a like a thing you use to commute to and from work, and that would be True. that would suffice for games like maybe like Doom or Control. I'm I'm not sure. True. Yeah. 
So the, there are different models of the Steam Deck as well. The 64 gigabyte SSD is 399. The 256 gigabyte NVMe SSD, I don't know if I'm saying these, these terminologies yes. right, I hope I am, yep. is $529. And the uh, final one, uh, five, uh, 512 gigabyte NVMe SSD uh, is 649. So obviously, that's the the best out of the best at six forty nine. Uh, what do you guys think about these prices? Are appropriate? Gabe Newell <laughs> says uh, the Steam Deck's price point was painful but critical to a success, to its success, and uh, I, I would tend to agree that I think these prices are appropriate. And um, at a as a at a at a level that I would be comfortable purchasing this for what it is. I think it's. Three ninety nine is is great as an entry point, I think. Uh, it's but... a portable PC, you know. Yeah, like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think I think the biggest problem with the three ninety nine one is like there's a lot what of modern is. games now that are bigger than sixty four gigs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do at that point? And yes, you can have micro SD expanded storage, okay. but like you're not gonna get the benefit of SSD. Uh, which the 399 one is not an NVMe SSD, which those traditional SSDs are usually slower speeds. I don't think they revealed any uh, speed comparisons or anything, but I would suspect that that 399 uh, SSD is significantly slower than the 529 and 649 uh, SSD uh, units, but uh, they didn't reveal any of that info yet, but... I think if someone wanted to use this machine, like the Steam Deck, as like an you know, indie machine on the go for someone who's playing, particularly playing smaller indie titles, I think it's kind of cool to have that option at least available to them. They're not going to be playing games that are super taxing or that need a lot of storage space. So that's that's cool that there's at least some kind of lower tier option. You know what, Christian? I'm gonna be playing Halo Infinite on this thing. <laughs> Which, oh, well, you technically need, you need 4K, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to a list of games you can't play. Uh, the Steam Deck says you can get your entire Steam library on the go, except for a couple. There's a couple of games you will not be able to play on the go, on the Steam Deck, and the list is as follows. Apex, Black Desert Online, Daisy, Dud by Daylight, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Hunt Showdown, Paladins, Player Unknown's Battleground, Rainbow Six Siege, and Smite. And as soon as the Steam Deck came out, the first thing that I said when I retweeted it is like, yes, I can play Destiny 2 in bed now. <laughs> and then this comes out, oh. and I can't. <laughs> oh. So that was a bummer, but... I mean, I'll still be able to play Destiny 2 on my PC, but sucks that I won't be able to play it on the go. According to ProtoNB via PC Gamer, some games aren't compatible with Steam Deck because of how they are developed for consoles and how the deck is Linux-based. Um, that's a bit of a bummer. Are any of any of these things uh, games that you would have wanted to play on the Steam Deck if you picked it up? Rainbow Six Might any of these any of these things? Honestly, probably not for me. Sorry, go ahead, Christian. I was going to say the same thing, not not for me personally, but I do think that not having not being able to play Apex Legends mobile is kind of a hit for the Steam Deck. That game has a pretty big audience, but mm. granted, most of those players are playing on like these tethered PCs or or console anyway. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And like for me, like the one of the attractive parts to this is like playing on the go, like where you may not necessarily have Internet. So like most of these games are, you know, online games. So uh, you really wouldn't be able to play them in that scenario anyways. But uh, yeah, like you said, Roro, you can't play Destiny 2 in your bed now. So although you could if you uninstalled SteamOS and installed Windows on it, but <laughs> that's true. obviously a hack job at that point if you do that. But Or I could just get like a phone, XCloud, yeah. and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, another bit of bad news for people who have made reservations. Uh, some of the shipping dates have been pushed to uh q1 to q3 of 2022 so a little bit later for some people may have to wait to get their hands on their reserved steam decks um which is obviously because of the high demand a lot of people were reserving that thing when it was announced so may have to wait a little bit longer if you did pre-order it um but i think all yeah go ahead no, do you know if people who have pre-ordered have paid the full amount, or was it just these smaller deposits? It's just five dollars. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's that's not terrible then. Okay, because I was gonna say if you spent like seven hundred bucks almost on right. online, <laughs> yeah. that won't come out for another year. That's 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 a little worrying, but yep. Okay. Yeah, essentially they're doing like a, a system where you you put in your five dollars and it guarantees your spot in line essentially to to actually order it. So uh, theoretically, you know, these timelines could be moved up if so many people decide that they don't want to order it, then obviously you'll have more consoles available. So um, that's why I, I kind of like this system that Steam or that Valve's doing because it does kind of. Um, I don't want to say it counters like people that are going to try to like mark this up significantly on eBay, but it it kind of does because you're like, Hey, I have a guaranteed spot in line for this date. I know I'm going to get my chance at one at this time. So like scalpers, I feel like will have a tougher time uh, selling this thing at a higher price because, you know, people can still get in line. It's just, they may have to wait, you know, a few more months. So I do Mm -hmm. kind of like how, how valve is, kind of setting up this pre-order process. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, we're pretty either intrigued or excited for the Steam Deck. I think in general, it's a it's a good thing for the industry to have like a, a portable PC. Um, I think it's really cool. And at the price that it is at, also very cool. What is that um, price in Canada, bro? Oh, geez. I, I don't know. <laughs> Three ninety nine is... is it's probably like five hundred or four ninety nine. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bum- that is a bummer. Four ninety nine. Let's see, let's see what it is. Three ninety nine yeah. USD. It's a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it's five hundred and two dollars here <laughs> for the base one. So if I wanted yeah. to get the the really good one, eight hundred and sixteen dollars. Oh my gosh, yeah. Canadian. <laughs> I think oh, right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so if anything, I'll be getting the base one. And spending the the rest of the money that I I quote unquote saved on getting the other ones, getting SD SD cards. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anybody have anything else you'd like to say about the Steam Deck or anything anything else before we close out the show? Games um, are so cool, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, we have episode one hundred coming soon, guys. So yeah. yes, it's exciting. 
I have I have a couple ideas. I haven't enacted anything yet, but I have a couple ideas for for what we could do maybe. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay I do tuned. have one quick question before we go that Dan might be able to help me with. It's Xbox related. Okay. Yeah. Do I need to play Psychonauts before Psychonauts 2? <laughs> so I have a really terrible answer for you. I've never played uh, Psychonauts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a blind spot in my Xbox history. So yeah, I don't. It's on Game Pass. Yes. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of good uh they actually had previews come out last week on uh, Psychonauts 2 and a lot of people have been high on it. So we'll see if that, you know, come pans out when the game comes out. All right. Well, everyone, as Daniel said, stay tuned. Thank you for everyone watching on YouTube. You could also find us on podcast services around the globe. Just search us up on Podcast PXN, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, and you shall find us there. And until next time, everyone, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Christian. Later will be greater. Much love. Go Timbers. <laughs>